Tuesday Travel on the Hard Shoulder. Yes, Fionn Davenport back with me for another edition of Tuesday Travel. Where are we after, Fionn? We are going, Kieran, to the cradle of the Renaissance, Florence. Oh, lovely. Mm. A uh, small city with a big reputation. <laughs> yeah, a city you know very well. I do. My Family connections. Yes, my uh, my mother's born and bred and lives there still. So what are your earliest recollections of Florence? Um, hot in the summertime. So we used to yeah. go, like when I was a kid, we used to be shipped off to my grandmother's in Florence. And interestingly, my mother grew up and still lives in a house that is on the same street as the Academia, which is where the David, Michelangelo's David is. And so one of my earliest memories is, is and it goes to show you, like if you've been to Florence now, but um, is the doors of the David would be open and the, the David would be screened behind just like a, me- but like you could just walk by and just look in. And it was like, nowadays, there's literally like 15,000 people queuing up outside every day, all the time. And it's really, it's the, the, the whole city has been almost transformed and turned into a tourist Disneyland of some kind. Yeah, well, and 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 I, I know there's going to be locals who probably lament that, but it does mean there's a huge amount for people who are visiting to see. So, and and that probably brings us to our first piece of advice, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's overwhelming. And look, this is a city that, where superlatives are often not enough or don't really do justice to what you're going to experience. And so I would say is plan ahead. So like as much as the historic centre of Florence is about soaking up the atmosphere in these narrow streets and these every building is historic in some way or yes. another. And, you know, but the best of Florence is indoors. It lies in the churches, it's in the museums, it's in, it's in behind, it's in the gardens that are behind some of these palazzi. And, you know, and... And there's a reason why this is a city of art. And whether you're into art or you have a keen interest in Renaissance art, it's worth bearing in mind that the way the likes of Donatello or Masaccio or Michelangelo and and all these artists that all worked in Florence, they didn't just change the way art was painted, the way the way we judge culture, the way we judge aesthetics, the way we think of what's beautiful, what's not beautiful, what's important, what's not important. We they broke the mold and started they took away the 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 focus on God as the only subject of great art and put it on human beings mm. as the ultimate focus of great art. And and that transformation trickles down to twenty first century Ireland yeah. in, in its way and it does everywhere in the Western world is influenced by what happened over the space of <clears throat> let's say 200 years in this small city because it is a small city in the middle of the Italian heart. And, and what about people now listening to that uh, uh, and they think I want to get a sense of that, of okay. that, that monumental inflection yeah, and, point in human history, and I'm there for a weekend. Yeah, so that's it. So, <laughs> and, and that's it. It's it's like the way to do it is go live there and 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 do yes. you know. But but I'll study fine art, study Renaissance art there I mean, for two yeah, years, which I never did or anything like that. But like having kind of spent my summers there, and my yes. mother being from there, you kind of just absorb it by osmosis. But so what I would say is, <clears throat> over the course of time, you pick a handful, or if you're there for a weekend, pick two, pick two museums and book ahead. Because honest to God, as much as there's a bit of faffage about booking ahead, it's way better than standing outside the Uffizi for three hours in the heat. And my, the that, that's how busy it would be it's in the unbelievable. summer. Unbelievable. Okay. And, and, and the problem with Florence is that it's so beautiful and everybody knows it. So come 
April until the end of September, it just gets billions, I mean, no, millions of tourists, mm. millions, of a city that is, that is half the size of Dublin, you know? So where... Uh, I so, mean, anyway, what, what so, should be included on the list well, the of things to ones, book? The obvious ones are the Uffizi Gallery. So the Uffizi Gallery is like the Louvre of Italy. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's the Winter Palace of, it's, it's, it's the big museum. And so, yeah, sure. And listen, you could spend hours, you could spend a whole day in the Uffizi. But so what I mean, you know, you, you want to see, maybe you want to go to the Academia to see the David, the world's most famous sculpture. Um, His hands are surprisingly big. They are. They? <laughs> because, so so Michelangelo is all about perspective because you're six foot tall. Yeah. And so he's about. 14 feet tall or whatever. So the idea is, is that you're, you're going from big, you're looking upwards. So it's not an even perspective so that it's, so the size of it is proportionate to the point of vision of the oh, viewer. Oh, right. Okay. So he's top heavy, basically. Yeah, that's the genius of Michelangelo. Is, is that, that is just, incredible. I know. It's now. unbelievable. It, there are mind-blowing things about... The, that's the type of fact now you pass on. It's When brilliant. somebody else mentions it's, it, you go, well, tell you something about the Davis. So, you know, so I'm going to name just a couple. So the Brancacci Chapel, okay? So on Ultra, Ultra Arno. So the... So Florence is divided in two by the Arno and most of the historic centre is on the north side of the Arno River. So the south of the river, um, I think I have, yeah, south of the river is the ultra or beyond the Arno. And it's it's kind of, it's the less kind of sexy part of Florence, but it's all the better for it. It's, it's like the, it's like, the French left bank or whatever. Mm. But anyway, but the PT Palace, which is where uh, the Medici lived and that's there. And just beyond it, there's a thing, place called the Brancacci Chapel and there's a painter, basically the father of the Renaissance or that style is a guy called Masaccio. His, well, his name was Tommaso di Ser Giovanni di Simone. Anyway, in 1425, he, st- he did this painting where he filled these paintings with shadows and light and three-dimensional forms and 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 even if you don't know it, you see it when you see it, you're mm. like, oh, that feels much more modern than anything I came yes. before. So Masaccio is the kind of the, the the progenitor of Renaissance art style. Anyway, so the Brancacci Chapel is designed by him. I mentioned Ultradino, the baptistry. The Duomo is the, the, the cathedral in the middle of... Brunelleschi's Dome. Brunelleschi's Dome. It's junior stunning. history. And, and if you can, is go inside the Duomo, which is very austere. And the great thing about Ren- the Renaissance, the Renaissance isn't about over-decoration. A lot of that came later. The, the Renaissance, Renaissance architecture is really quite severe. It's quite plain walls. It's more about geometry. It's mm. more about perfect shape and, and dimension, etc. So the inside of the Duomo looks fabulous from the outside and it's adorned... That was all done in the 1800s. Okay. But inside, it's still got that renaissance. So it's just like this big, massive, cavernous, empty building. Directly in front of it is called the Baptistry. And every Florentine was baptised there until the 19th century. And then the lucky one, including my mother. That's the tower in front no, of it. The- no, that's Giotto's tower. Oh, so sorry. climb that yes. if you can. Again, book it ahead of time. Okay. So that's the big tower. It's the kind of round building. Yes. Yes. That's the baptistry. It's by far and away the most important building on that square. By far. So the doors, the original doors, the the, the doors of paradise, they're called. They're actually in a museum, which is at the back of the Duomo. But even just to get inside the baptistry is really quite something. Um, I mentioned planning for the Uffizi. Absolutely book 
ahead of time. There's also guided tours that if you want, like you can do two hours, get the best of the Uffizi. They'll give you some of the detail, like the little one about the, the, the proportional David. Yeah. Um, the other one I'm going to say is if you're going to pick, like you could pick any church in Florence and walk in and it's just gorgeous. But I think one of my favorite, Santa Maria Novella. So it's, there's, there's a handful of really key churches. And this is one. It's again, stunningly beautiful. Um, there's the Trinity by Masaccio, the guy we were just talking about. It's really beautiful. Just at the back of it mm. is the most, <laughs> it's funny to say, the most beautiful perfume shop right. ever. This is special. Like, I don't care who you are. Couldn't care less about perfume. Better than Boots or Sam Macaulay. No, come on. Let's live in the real world, here, <laughs> you know? No. So basically, so this was an apothecary from the 1300s. Yes. The building is, hasn't changed. And inside, it's, like the monks they designed. So this is how the monks designed a fragrance for Catherine de' Medici okay. in this place. And it's still pretty much as it was. But now it's like full of, you know, American tourists. And, yes. But you can still buy fragrance. You can still buy aftershaves. You can still buy perfumes. And, but even if you don't buy anything, just walk in and, and just this. It's like, it's like being transported 600 years into the past. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, the Palazzo Vecchio, so is, is, which is the town hall of, it's the city hall of Florence. And there's a great what if, okay? In, in, so the Salone dei Cinquecento, the hall of the 500, which is where the, the basically the government of Florence yes. is sat. There, one of them is this guy, Piero Soderini. He, he commissioned, he had a great idea in around 1504. Let's get the two most famous artists of the time to have a, a paint-off against each other. So he invited Michelangelo. Oh, yeah, like uh, Portrait Artist of the Year on Sky. Portrait Artist of the Year. So Michelangelo <laughs> and Leonardo da Vinci. It's like, it's like, it was like getting Tolstoy and Dickens to have a, write a short story, lads. <laughs> Away you go. And, uh, and, and so... And the thing was, is Leonardo was 23 years older than Michelangelo and they didn't really like each other. Leonardo thought Michelangelo was just a pain in the ass upstart. Yeah. And Michelangelo kind of thought Leonardo, Leonardo was the greatest genius of his time. And, but Michelangelo was known as the divine. Such was his ability to do sculpture and all the rest. The tragedy of it is, is they both did kind of drawings but then for one reason or another, they never moved on to do the frescoes. So you have like some of the, the drawings that would have been part of the of their respective paintings are still around. Like wow. there's one in Venice. But it's the, it's one of the great what ifs. Of like the, and what they were commissioned to do was to build or to, to, to paint battle scenes. One, the, the Battle of the Cascine and the other one, the Battle of Alighieri. And But they would be on opposing walls facing each other. Oh, that would have been amazing. Wouldn't it? it? Listen, it would have been the most famous painted room in the world. It would leave the Sistine Chapel in the dust. Absolutely. So, And the Ponte Vecchio, is that off Palazzo Vecchio or near it? So, yes, it's kind of around the corner. Okay. So it just means old bridge. And listen, it's it's beautiful, but it's lined with jewellery shops and gold yeah. and all the And then that's the way you go to Oltrarno. Yes. You cross the Ponte Vecchio and you go on to the other side. So, look, and that's literally, I've just given you a bare hint of the kind of things that mm. like the one thing about Florence, yes, it's about art. It's about history and all the rest. It's also about food and it's about, yeah, where would you eat? Okay. So as much of a tourist attraction as a place to have lunch is the Mercato Centrale. A few weeks ago or a couple of months ago, we did a thing on Dublin markets on your show. And yes. I mentioned the, the central market in Florence. Mm. So this, this is just a kind of a food hall 
were they still on the bottom floor? It's people selling like the English market in Cork, just selling wares like everything, yeah. fruit, veg, etc., fish, meat. The second floor has been completely converted and it's got like uh, restaurants and cafes and places. So you can you can eat anything. You can like you can get buffalo mozzarella salad. You can get pizza pockets, great coffee, uh, sushi. They have they have a really good sushi. So that's a great spot for lunch. Um, now, there's lots of restaurants. The one tip I would give to anybody is if there's pictures of the food outside, <laughs> don't go in because it's nonsense. It's like, or the guy is like urging you to come in. Is oh, like, I love no. that rule. Yes, just stay away. So I'm going to give you one recommendation for, and this is a mid-range place to eat. It's called Ristorante Natalino, okay? And it's been owned. There are five restaurants, I think five, classical old school restaurants that are licensed to serve what the Bisteca Fiorentina or Florentine steak, which is mm. made from a particular breed of cow called Chianina and only local to Tuscany. And this is one of them. This is like authentic Florentine cuisine. It is without a doubt the best Italian food I've ever eaten <sighs> anywhere in my life. Wow. Anywhere. And I include... What's any- the name of that restaurant? Natalino. Natalino. And look, just Google it. It's sublime the atmosphere is wonderful is it hard to get into no Meg is going there next week she says so honestly just if you can just go in ring them up like I mean it's getting into the summer so ring them up just make a booking but you don't have to do it like days and days in advance super friendly they're welcome tourists they you know give you an English menu but the food is as authentically Florentine it's unbelievable there's there's a even just thinking about it just makes me want to go. Anyway, um, there's lots of lots of places to eat. I just say, please, the historic centre is fine, but don't eat on any of the main squares. Okay. Don't go anywhere near them because it's all tourist yeah. restaurants. So, but you don't have to go far. Go off onto a side street and I guarantee you, you'll find like little restaurants that are absolutely wonderful. Um, similarly with where to stay. Yeah. Look, Florence has been overrun with Airbnbs, like almost like I'd, I'd wager that like three quarters of every building in the historic center is Airbnb to, to the detriment of the city. But, um, you know, it is what it is. Like, you know, it's, yeah. it's a tide I can't fight against. But there's lots of affordable. There's, there's a couple of two star places that I would recommend. One called Alessandra, another one place called Canto degli Scali and another place called BBH. And then I'm going to make it. Can I make a plug can I make a uh, hands up? I don't get any money from it, but my cousin. Yeah. My cousin runs a place called Palazzo Alfani and it's, it's like self-catering. It's got six self-contained apartments. They're not the cheapest. They're like 200 a night, 250, but they're huge. Yeah. And they're in that historic palace directly in front of the Dwar- or the David. And listen, that's it. Like, I'm just plugging for my cousin. I get nothing from it. Nothing. <laughs> like, my cousin, honestly, God. Well, listen, uh, Meg, I hope you were taking notes. Uh, if we went through things a little bit quickly, don't worry. As always, this is going to go straight up as a podcast. You'll find it on the News Talk app because every week people uh, get in touch to ask uh, about where we mentioned to stay or where we mentioned to eat or what did we mention to see. So they're all up there. All editions of Travel Tuesday with Fionn Davenport uh, available to listen back to. And Meg, enjoy your breakaway in Florence. Fionn, we'll talk to you oh. next week. Tuesday Travel on the Hard Shoulder.